So I want to continue uh, our, our series uh, today, and um, we're going to talk briefly about uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Now, there are times in life that um, I want to say that uh, there are times in life where what you're experiencing and what, and what the Word says kind of seems like it's two opposite things. Um, when we talk about blessing and increase and we talk about debts paid off, expenses decrease, sometimes uh, that, the experience of that feels like it's in the opposite direction. Okay, well, at least it does for me at times. Um, and uh, I guess that's where the, uh, the rubber meets the road, is that what do we immerse ourselves in to, um, to walk in a, in, by faith? It's not by sight, it's by faith. And sometimes when we're walking by faith, we're not really experiencing it yet, but we are, it is a reality. Um, so when we talk about unity, talk about oneness, sometimes that feels like it's an impossibility or something that may, it feels like it could never happen. And it's really a, a lie that the enemy likes to enforce into our brains that it's never going to be get better, it's never going to happen, and we have to stop ourselves from going down that road, down that railroad track. Uh, there's a U2 hit song a long time ago, and, it's, and it was named One. I don't know if anybody remembers that song. Okay, one of us does. Okay, great. Um, I uh, part of that uh, the course sing the course says this: we're one, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. We're one, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. The Bible tells us, or keeps telling us, that we are one in Christ, but the world around us seems to contradict this, whether it's division, divorce, gossip, bickering. We have a hard time believing that Christ has made us into one new person. Um, but Paul isn't writing to some mythical future world, he's writing to the church as he sees it. And so, his words can instruct us on how, just as it did back then. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, and um, I am going to be reading from the Passion Translation. And I'm only going to be doing a few verses, and then we'll, we'll clean it. 
we will get going on the day. But um, here's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. That's a good time for you to elbow your spouse. Or if you don't have one, maybe that child or that boss comes to mind. Be careful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit as you were as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. He has graciously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far to the lower parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. We'll stop there. Christ has called us to be one. He has ascended. He also descended. Now, that, there's a whole thing about what that is. But the whole aspect is that in order to begin the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. You know that what you're living in right now is not the full restoration of what God has in store for you. It's also not the full restoration that he has for the world. But he is the first step. He is the beginning of that restoration. And to me, that means that, you know, I should put all my, all my money on a horse called Jesus if we're talking about being a betting man or woman or putting all of our everything down into Christianity, as far as a race horse would be concerned, you'd want to put everything on Jesus because he is the one to bring the full restoration. Um, so how do, you, how do you live in this, this age of restoration and of oneness? If Jesus is, if Paul tells us that we are, we are one, the Lord is one and so are we, we share one faith, one baptism, one Father. 
And he is the perfect father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. And sometimes that's hard to believe. You don't know my boss. He doesn't act like me. He doesn't do things like me. He doesn't, and I'm to be one with that? How does that work? I don't know about you, but not all of my relationships are on a good vibe. Matter of fact, as I was driving to church this morning, I was confronted with, uh, with something that took place, and it spoke to my heart as saying, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you, Kendall, because if, if it wasn't, if, if things were good with you, then these people would like you. Now, I, I don't know what's not hard to love, That was a joke, okay? Come on, laugh with me. The only one who could say, well, I could tell you a number by sitting in the front row, but um, what's hard not to love? And so when we began to sing that things are going to be all right, you know, there's so many lies that go through your head that it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's all your fault. It's, and so you can play those things and play those things and play those things and it, it is totally takes you out of the oneness that you were supposed to be in. So how do you live out oneness? As a prisoner of the Lord, he says, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, giving you in your divine calling. Holiness is about living from your own high place of honor. Number one. You have to know that you live from a high place of honor. It may not feel like it, but you are a whole, you have a whole lot of worth to Jesus. So are the people that are nearest to you. So we have to act like it. We have to act like we are people of worth. And sometimes that is hard to do. Because there's so many things that are, we focus in negatively around us or what's happening to us. And oftentimes what's happening is the level of playing field of what we feel like how our worth is. So when things are happening good, we are worthy. When things are happening bad, we're not so worthy. Well, let me tell you, uh, God doesn't look at it like that. He sent his own son to the cross because you are worth it to draw you unto himself. With tender, humbly, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body, one spirit, as you were called to the same glorious hope of that of divine destiny. The, and here's the next point. The people who try your patience and test your gentleness are God's gifts to you. Ouch. 
ouch. Let me say it again, ouch. It'd be nice if everybody saw it the way I saw it, or they would listen to the what advice I have to give them. But sometimes it's just not like that. And the natural reaction is to, to write things off or to write relationships off because they're not in harmony or because someone doesn't think the same way you think. I don't know about you, but I've tried to do that and it, it only creates more and more cutting off until so you're left all alone. I think that sometimes we have to understand that the people that God gives us around us are sometimes not the problem. They just draw out what the problem is in us. And it's God's way of saying, you know what? Let's walk this through and let's bring healing to that. These people who are God's gifts are not the exception to the truth. They are in your life to help demonstrate the truth. They're there to help you demonstrate the truth of who Jesus is. Number three, it's your job to protect the harmony you have. It's your job to protect the harmony you have. Harmony is when two different notes sound good together. The goal is not to make everyone click together. We're a body, not a blob. But protect the resonance you have with other people. I, I'm very thankful for my family that I was brought in, but my brother and I are not the same per people. My sister and I are not the same. We grew up in the same family, but we, have, we are totally different people. But there is a resonance that comes when we are together that is stronger. When we understand the differences that we have and we bind our hearts together because we are committed, not because we think the same. You'll find all through each, and if you're visiting with us, maybe the church you, you attend, or even in this church, you will find that not everybody thinks the same. That's okay. The fact is, is that we are producing and have a resonance in us that allows us to click together and minister. Like, I don't know, I, I couldn't do half the things that I do without the fact that the resonance that my wife and I have offset each other. I am, whether you think so or not, I'm uh, a little bit of an introvert. I am a little bit of an introvert. I am probably a lot of an introvert. I, will like, I can sit back in a situation and listen. That's, my, that's what I like to do. 
when we go when we go out together, um, her her prayer is, I'm going to stay still. I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to let the action form around me so that I can. She wants to be a lot like me. Okay. <laughs> On the same token, is my prayer is when we go someplace, I want to be a lot like her. I want to take initiative. I want to say the right things. I want to be the life of the party. Um, if you're into personality things of, uh, I don't know who, the, who it is, but there's four personality types, golden retriever, otter, beaver, lion. Um, I'm the golden retriever. I like to be everybody's friend. Uh, my wife is the otter, the life of the party. So, like, you know, I've said before, we can go into, when we would go to Walmart as a family, or back then it was Wolco or whatever, but um, we'd go into the line to pay for things, and me and the kids would go, please, please don't ask the cashier how she's doing. Please don't ask her. Please. They would go, Mom, please don't. Please don't ask. And of course, she would ask, and out could come the whole life story of the cashier at the, at the because there's a gift for the calling out of things that my wife has. You know, for me, I just want to just pay for it and go. Like, you know, I've got nothing in my brain that says I have something profound to tell you. So uh, inside, I'm going, okay, well, you know. Thank you. So we have to understand that there is a, a, a harmony that we have with people, the people that are close to us, the people that are part of this family, the people in the, in the body of Christ together. And I want to tell you that it's, it's, uh, we need to do a lot of protecting of our harmony and not take it for granted or poke holes at it and say, well, this person needs to be a bit better here. And that those accusations, that spirit of accusation can cause such a hurtful uh, culture that almost works, it works itself against the harmony picture that, that Paul is talking about here. When we throw out accusations toward each other, we're trying to work against that harmony. Going on, for the Lord God is one, and so are we, for we share with one faith, one baptism, one Father, and He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. There is only one oneness. Your relationship with God is best seen in your relationship with others. If you think you love God in a way you cannot prove in your love for other people you're deceiving yourself. If you say you love God, yet you can't show that same love towards others, there is a deception going on in your spiritual walk. When you pray, your will be done, do you ever forego your desires to serve the will of someone else? you ever forego your will for someone else? Ouch. 
When you say that I'm a generous person, do you give more than you receive? Between you and your friends, who is more likely to pay for dinner? These are good questions. They allow us to they confront ourselves with some things that we say we are, but we are truly aren't, we aren't doing, and therefore we, we have to take an honest, hard look at ourselves and say, well, God, you've blessed me to be generous. Am I generous? When you, came, when you claim God is love, when was the last time you sacrificed in secret to show a difficult person affection and kindness. When you can claim that God is love, when was the last time you sacrificed to love someone? Now, I'm not here to poke holes and to point out things. I'm only trying to bring out the fact that there are things that we say we are and that God has blessed us to be and yet we have to honestly take a hard look at who we are portraying. And, and sometimes that's difficult to do because we don't see it. My wife said the other day, who are you waving at? And I go, oh, next door neighbor. You look grumpy. And I, I didn't even realize that I had a grumpy face on. I couldn't even smile I wonder what my neighbor thought when I was waving with a scowl on my face. Like, what was I saying? You dirty scumbag of a neighbor. Well, he's way down the park, way down the cul-de-sac, but the fact is, is that we have to be able to look at ourselves and understand that there are things that we have to look at following through. If we say we're something, we have to follow through with it. And he has generously given each one of us a supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why, he's, this is why he says, he ascends into the heavenly heights taking as many captured ones with him and gifts were given to men. God has made us different and has given us different abilities. Don't compare. Don't make any room for jealousy. Find out what you can give that no one else can. And accept the strength of others as a gift to you instead of trying to be independent in your weakness. Ouch, 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 ouch. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to depend on somebody. Hello, somebody. It's hard not to compare. It's hard not to, oh, I wish I was like my wife, that I could be more of the life of the party and I could tell everybody and be everybody's friend and da-da-da-da-da. But I'm not like that. I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes we have a hard time looking at the things that God has given to us as gifts. God has made me, me. That doesn't mean that I don't have situations that I can't improve in. 
but I also need to look at who I am and what I bring to the table. And sure, there are different, different things can happen outside of me that can be conflicted or can be misunderstood or so forth. But as long as, as I understand me and I am willing to go to the mat to be Jesus to people, then I understand that I can improve and be better, but yet I also know what I can bring to the table and who I'm not. I don't, I don't know about you, but I... Sometimes it's hard to find out what I have to give away. Sometimes, especially in a, in a church setting, we are we are so able to hang back and let someone else do that for us. <laughs> like, we can, well, you know, kids ministry just isn't my thing, so we'll let someone else do it. Or, you know, I'm not sure that I know how to fix windows, so I'm not sure I can ask Tracy to come and help. The fact is, is that um, we sometimes have to break out of the mold of what we aren't, what we think we aren't, and get into a place where God can teach us who we are. I, I, I know I'm not a Mr. Fix-It, but I, I've learned that YouTube does able or it can teach a guy who doesn't fix it, fix it. But I have, to, I have to pull out YouTube and I have to be able to listen to the Mr. Fix-It video and, you know, the first is the commercial and then how you can go and get some stuff from Harm Hardware and whatever. Like, okay, I get that, but I, I have to listen to the whole thing. And sometimes as a man, that's very difficult to do, to listen to the whole instruction. You think you got it by... Halfway through, oh, I got it. But the thing is, is that I have to, t I have to put myself in a place where I can understand, I, I know who I think I'm not, but I have to go to a place where I can find out who I am. And just, being, just sitting back and waiting for someone to do it for me doesn't get me there. That was free. He ascended means he returned to heaven after he had first he descended from the heights of heaven, even descended as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended from the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. And here it is. The ascension of Christ is about how God is present, not about how he's absent. The ascension is not about him being gone. How many of us think that's what it's all about? Ascension means he's out of here. You see, we need to take Christ's ascension to be the opposite of what the disciples thought it meant. Jesus isn't flying off to a faraway heaven. 
He's filling everything with the reality of His presence. And here are some questions that we could ask ourselves. What if God is less concerned about growing your personal life and more concerned about growing your relationships? What if God is less concerned about what you do for Him and more concerned about you growing as a dispenser of love and grace? Those are good questions. I think that, you know, if you boil down this entire message of what I'm trying to say, you could say it in a, in a sentence, and that there is only one oneness, and it's best expressed by those who love the ones they've been given. Um, how many know what the what the phrase is for I love you in Italian. Now, if Sarah was here, she'd be able to tell me. But I, I, I have it written down here, and I can't, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow it on how to say it, but Tilvaregro uh, Bene, I think. None of you speak Italian, so I'm good, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. But it's the Italian expression for love. And it's usually translated, I love you. But more literally, it means, I wish you good. Or I want what is good for you. It's, that simple phrase reminds us that true love is not primarily about good feelings that can be stirred within me. It's even less it is about what I can get out of a relationship for myself. The fullness of love is looking outward toward my beloved and seeking what is the best, per, best for that person, not what is just good for me. And so I leave you with that Italian expression of love. It's not just a feeling. It's not just what... You can benefit, it's what you give to one another. And church, I, I really believe that God is creating oneness. He is the restoration of all things. And as we understand that as we focus in on Him, He blends our hearts together and we're able to love one another Prickles and all. I, I love the illustration that I use at many weddings, and that's the porcupine dance. How many of you heard it? My wife will say she's heard it every wedding that I've done. <laughs> but if you haven't heard it, can I tell you? Can I just focus? It's not on my notes. I just thought it fits right now, and that is... Porcupines only get together one time a year. You wondered how porcupines have love, experience love? They are prickly people, prickly animals, aren't they? They are prickly. But one time a year, 
the female part of the species is amorous towards the male. Now, I don't know, but this is quite a thing that only one time a year can you take, can the male counterpart porcupine take a female out to a dance or a movie? <laughs> and that there, you know, would be, there would be amorous feelings involved here. But you have to, but that one time a year, a porcupine exposes the underbelly and does a dance. And the thing is, is that we have to understand that there are times that we have to reveal who we are in order to be known. And some of us are quite, are, are afraid to get and do the porcupine dance because it can be really prickly. But God desires to do some wonderful, amazing things in and through his church when we do the porcupine dance. Because we then are able to express and know and have love, the love that God's designed for us because we have revealed who we actually are. And a lot of times the prickles that we have, that we have are those things that have caused us to protect the very vulnerable parts of who we are. And we are unable, we'd rather shoot than reveal. And I guess as a church, can we come back to the oneness and become intimate? Into me you see. So that we can in fact be the one that God's created us to.